1: Well, good morning everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday and uh, we're very excited to uh, have a very good uh, friend of ours, someone that we've uh, walked with over a long period of time, uh, Jennifer Diethart out of, you said Palatine now? Correct. Palatine, Illinois, which is just outside uh, Chicago. We had met in uh, Chicago uh, way back when. You guys
2: have known each other a long time, right?
1: a long time. It's (laughs) been been a fun uh, walk just to you know, see the story, and um, and she's got quite a story to share. Very similar uh, to what happened with uh, Michelle and I, uh, and she and her husband mm-hmm. Dale. And so, I uh, love to share that. So, welcome uh, Jennifer. And uh, thank uh, you. How is uh, how are things going there in Chicago?
2: <clears throat> they are great and very warm today, which is unseasonable. Really, <laughs> this, it's forty eight when I uh, took my dog up oh. to doggy daycare today.
1: <laughs> wow. So, man that's yeah. uh, that's great that's unusual for Chicago in, in uh, February.
2: <laughs> it is <for> sure. <laughs>
1: yeah so uh, first of all uh, we'd love to have the audience uh, learn a little bit about uh, your background Tell us uh, you know where you grew up and how did you come to know Christ uh, during your lifetime?
2: So I grew up um, in uh, the northern suburbs of Chicago and um, grew up going to church uh, was very involved in choir from a young age. Um, I'm a singer, and um, as well as a music educator. But I am. I learned. Um, I also loved youth group and just had a great time being involved in church and had some fabulous youth leaders. And um, what t- what town was that in? That was in Winnetka.
1: Winnetka, yeah, yeah. So yes. That's that's a beautiful. Uh, um, Suburb, uh, Kathy of uh, Chicago, mm. uh, one of the one of the more attractive ones, right on the lake. Uh, lake oh, Michigan.
2: Oh, beautiful! So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds were nice. You going, were
1: you going to an Eka Bible then?
2: I. That's a part of my story. Okay. I was going to an Episcopal church in um, a beautiful Episcopal church that overlooks the lake, Sheridan um, mm. Road there, and okay. um, grew up there and with my family was very involved, as I said. And, uh, but about my, um, f- the earlier part of my story, um, from when I started talking to God before I became a, a believer and gave my life to Christ was, um, I, in Vermont, in my, um, when I was 11, like after fifth grade, I, I read a book called, are you there God? It's me, Margaret. By I Judy. remember that book. <laughs> yeah. And it's now been made into a movie as well. Um, and it just was so impactful on me because I, I thought if Margaret talks to God, because she would say, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And <laughs> well, if Margaret can talk to God, then surely Jennifer can talk to God. So I started a little journal and I would say, Are you there, God? It's me, Jennifer. And just started that conversation, um, but really didn't understand what a relationship and the substitutionary atonement that Christ did on the cross for us until I started going to Winneka Bible with a friend of mine who invited me my freshman year and I was in a musical. I'm like, this is different. And I um, you know, kept exploring that through high school. This but is it was in high school, right? This is in high okay. school, yeah. Um, my freshman year in high school is when I, I went there. And then I, t- I was still at my church as well. And I took some time off in my junior, uh, sophomore and junior year. And then in my senior year, I started going more frequently because I, I was working in a local gift shop with one of the uh, friends who went to rinaca bible and i was involved in the youth group there again and in the musical and uh, what happened was one day we were gift wrapping at the shop we worked in a fine china shop we're gift wrapping and she said who is jesus to you and i would have to say my answer was something along the lines of i didn't say these words exactly but he was just a man in a book to me a history historical figure not someone who was alive and who wanted a relationship with me and so Mm -hmm. That was probably the fall of my senior year, and I kept exploring that all through the summer and uh, or the school year and into the summer a little ways. And I was at a concert at Wheaton um, Bible College, and it was DeGarmo and Key, a group from the '80s -hmm. or the Mm -hmm. '70s and '80s, and they invited people to do an altar call. And I was super shy, although you couldn't tell now, (laughs) but um, I did not want to go up in front of everybody. But at that point, I gave my life to Christ and. Mm started a journey. This was before I went to college and, um, just really, you know, fell in love with Jesus and the Bible and, um, started getting involved in college I went to DePauw university in Indiana for undergrad. And they had a great, um, uh, university for Christian fellowship there. And I got involved with, uh, friends of my sorority and music friends and just really, uh, dug deep into the word. But I would say at that point, my, my, um, kind of my mo so to speak was oh praise the lord everything's going to be great because you know jesus and and everything is great but it doesn't mean you're not going to experience tough things and so you know it was kind of that i called it my kind of a a bubble world phase um, (laughs) you know where where i didn't fully understand um you know that that I could still experience things, you know, but, but even and and that I could cry if I was experiencing something that was terrible because mm. Jesus didn't cause it, you know, God didn't bring it upon me, but the world is a place where we encounter things that are, you know, not good. Yeah. And so to put it nicely. And so I just um I really grew at that time in my faith and reading the word and that's where I got a solid, you know, time in the word every day because that wasn't something that I grew up doing as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we studied the stories of the Bible, which were very important to me and very important to kind of my historical context. Gave but, you a foundation uh, to build on. Right. Anyway. Right. build off of. And so then after I graduated from college, I had, uh, was, uh, had switched to a different Episcopal church that, um, had some friends of mine who I call my spiritual parents, um, uh, along with my parents as well, but you know they were just very special to me, and invited me to tr- to come to this church, and that's where I really developed a close knit group of friends, and got involved in Bible study, and just really learned more about the Lord and my and developed you know a strong relationship with Him. But I still didn't have that piece of you know God's Word coming alive for me, and He was speaking you know speaking to me in that relationship, but still more. Um, Jennifer trying to live as a Christian in the world instead of you know by the world standards as opposed to Jennifer living as a Christian you know and God's going to overcome the world. Um, yeah, through, no, uh, through... stop
1: stop there just a second because I think this is uh, important uh, yeah. for the way that you know the the typical Christian approaches life um, and try to help unpack that a little bit further. What you mean by that? Because um, this is, I think, one of the bigger struggles, uh, or let's say, misunderstandings of how we're supposed to walk with God. And you kind of sp- stated it. W- tell us what more you mean by that. Help define that so we can understand what sure, you said. Sure.
2: <sighs> well, um, I, I would try to. I still wanted to live with. I was attracted to the worldly things. You know, spending money, um, having a boyfriend. <laughs> you know, being in love. Um, but I was approaching it from a worldly standpoint of how the world does things, not asking God, who do you have planned for me? You know, um, in life, <laughs> you know, what do you have planned? And I, I struggled. I struggled financially and I was in some deep, deep trouble for a while. And um, so that was that we'll put that aside for a moment. But to go back to just not understanding that Jesus wanted a relationship with me, I still kind of held him, you know, As I looked at God and Jesus as, you know, up here, be reverent because I grew up in in that kind of experience, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's just not the fullness that we can experience. Um, It was a great foundation for me, and then to walk alongside uh, or to walk through and realize that Jesus wants to is there and wants to be confiding with me almost as if you know for those who are married a spouse you know he's Mm -hmm. there for you know he's that or that best friend he's there all the time and he wants me to ask him what do you think about this and that was the best question that when i met rich later on in my Mm -hmm. 40 you know that rich and linda posed and i'm like well lord what are you saying about this and now that's what i say all the time what are you saying about this so, um, yeah. So, that-
1: yeah. Let me. Uh, so, let me uh, try to characterize what you just said, which is a, a good, important thing to understand. Is that um, a Christian? Yep. You know what? You know who you who you worship and and who God is, but you tend to see Him up there. I am hmm. um, living in a world, and you actually uh, figure things out with the way the world has taught us to figure things out.
2: Yes. Um,
1: and, yeah, there's the Bible, and, yeah, I'm going to be better at it. But uh, primarily my life is, is meant by analyzing and processing and deciding what we, what I think is good without consideration for the fact that God says, well, I already know the answer. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'll, and I'll tell you what that is. And um, uh, I taught with, uh, you know, Henry Blackaby, of it, you know, who wrote Experiencing God, he and I taught together. Yeah. He would characterize it and he, he was always, he said, I'm always surprised because he's, you know, he's traveling all over the world and he's speaking to Christians. He said, I'm always surprised that believing Christians are living as practical atheists. Yes. Um, <laughs> that yeah, they know their destination, but it's almost like they're operating just like the person next to them who doesn't believe in God. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really what you're saying is that, um, we're trying to figure things out. We use the world techniques to figure things out, and usually it's because what you just said. We don't really understand the privilege and the beauty we have of God, who says, "Why don't you just let me show you?"
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah. So yes, that's cool that you you know really understood that and recognized it and it had a heart for it. So that was that was kind of neat. Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> it, it, and I was so blessed to. Um, get involved with different churches, I sought out different churches, the Lord brought me to different places, where I would learn those, you know, learn those things, um, you know, and learn how to walk with him and learn that although he is the sovereign God, he also desires, you know, to be in a conversation with me. And if you go back to when I was 11, I was basically, you know, are you there, God, it's me, Jennifer. I was having conversations with God (laughs) from the time I was 11 until I was 18 when I accepted Christ. Um, Mm. And so a part of that was going to a couple of church, one church in the city, Park Community Church, which Rich and Linda were a part of for a while. And um, that was when I got introduced to All for Jesus, which was their monthly Bible study in the city. And when I went, it was an interactive experience. It was alive. It was, I was like, Wow this is amazing. And my hunger and my thirst for the word and how God leads me through the word, which is not necessarily, it's different from other people, depending, you know, because I have skills and talents and gifts that he's given me and my brain works in a certain way, um, being like almost 45, 55, creative, analytical, <laughs> according to, you know, a worldly test. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I learned to really listen and hear his voice and and hear all the amazing things that he wanted to tell me, and um, really made that shift. To took a while because you know you're taking off the old and working through some of the things that you know he wants to um, to take the chaff off, you know, and and bring you closer to him and more pure and purify you more as you walk through your your life with him. So um, it, it took a while, but I was just fascinated when we I went to several retreats um, with Rich and Linda, one especially in Ireland. Yeah. And I think one of the things I was thinking back on this time when a friend and I um, walked in the morning, we would walk in the morning before our study time. We would study in the morning, sightsee in the afternoon and beautiful Ireland. And mm. I was walk. we were walking along and all of a sudden we saw a field with all these sheep, but they were running and they were like, shh. And then they'd stop and they'd turn, and they'd go enter. And we're like, what's going on? And looking back in the back of the field, there was the shepherd. And we were studying that, you know, the sheep hear my voice. And so God gave me that real picture. And I love how He does that in, in the Bible all over the place in the in the parables and in the stories, you know, from uh the vine and the branches and to the sheep hear my voice. And that was just that's, it was really impactful for me to see how he brings the word alive. And since then, I have grown in my study. Uh, God often gives me a word of the year. This year is new year, new you. Um, and I'm experiencing a lot of new. And uh, he generally I'll go through and do a word study, a verse study of that word. But this time I felt him seeing go to um, the Isaiah verses on new or look, can't you see I'm doing something new? And so that's where I started. And then I do cross-referencing one, two, three, four, and just have a a lovely time. And, um, and I still, I do read books of the Bible and I've read the Bible, but I find that's been so, that's how he speaks to me. And he speaks and he says, look, daughter, here is what I'm saying to you. And it makes it exciting for me. It's an adventure. Mm -hmm. And it's a, you know, as I've heard Kathy say on the podcast, it's a treasure. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going on a treasure hunt for what God's showing you.
1: Yeah. So when you were, um, uh, in Chicago, what uh, talk a little bit about your uh, career? Uh, so, uh, uh, what what were you doing then? And um, again, you were you were really gifted in it. And this will you know have some uh, as you play this yeah. out. But what, what what were you doing then?
2: I, I, well, I'm a vocalist and a pianist. And in college in undergrad, I started as a vocal major. I ended up in music business to have a little security <laughs> <while> I, <laughs> instead of the security. Um, you know, but I was, I was new to the, to the faith at that point. And so I studied vocal um, performance and uh, also music business at DePa. But then through the course of God blessing me with a vocal professor who was an adjunct professor at Northwestern at the time, I took a two year hiatus and I was studying voice with her. And she said, you know, you should really go back and get your master's in vocal performance. But mm. Since Northwestern's programs are only one year each, which is three quarters, you know, 30 weeks, and you're done, and that's that's it. She said, I think it would benefit you to do two years. And so, mm. you know, uh, well, let's think about that. And she said, I would get a master's and get certified to teach as well. Mm. And, you know, mm. and that was that's great. And I, yeah, I was like, I was planning to be in, you know, opera, Broadway. That's this. what I love to sing Broadway. I was trained classically in opera as well. And I thought I just kind of I wanted to do that and I was doing some of that in those two years of going out and hitting the pavement and and doing auditions and trying to get more experience in um, roles, you know, Mm -hmm. beating roles because I hadn't I went to a high school that was very competitive and had super, super gifted and talented people. And so I wasn't one of the people who was my my. Acting, singing, and dancing weren't all together at that point to be the person who was going to get the lead. And looking Mm -hmm. back on that, I understand that was a hard lesson, you know, to wait a while. And, you know, come uh, eight, nine years later, I finally got my first role in an opera up in Michigan, which was fun. Wow. um, This teacher was just such a blessing to me and and really led me to that teaching career. And then I had a 34-year teaching career primarily in one district in um, the suburb of Wheeling and uh was blessed to teach elementary preschool through eighth grade through my career about half and half elementary and half middle school got to middle school by the prompting of the lord after this was kind of in a time where i knew rich and linda and um he had said i was doing a pilot uh for a first grade program my whole alt with all my colleagues from my district and i just said lord I, I don't know I'm I, should I get a different job you know I don't know if I'm supposed to stay in teaching and um he said two years when the pilot's done and sure enough that was uh 2004 and then come to 2006 and I was actually applying for jobs out of the teaching profession because mm-hmm. I was at a point where I felt like I I need to move I need to do mm-hmm. something new this is you know a place where I'm not i'm feeling like I've outgrown or, or it's, I need my next challenge. And uh, it so happened that a junior, a mu- middle school job came open and I, I interviewed and I went to the interview and I was alive talking about teaching. I was like, Oh, mm. I don't want to be teaching. I just want to, <laughs> you know, so um, ended my uh, 32 career, 32 year career with that district in 2022 had the opportunity to take one of my uh, my auditioned ensemble to the Illinois Music Educators Conference to perform in 2020, right before the lockdown, and uh, had the had the privilege and the learning curve of teaching for a year online in the during mm. the pandemic. But that was really something that. know i just felt the lord saying you're going to make the best that it can be just make it the best that it can be for the kids and with the team that i had we really did so that's kind of what a challenge though especially in music yes yes but we we made it work well Mm -hmm. and so you know um got a lot of experience on a a zoom similar to zoom platform Mm -hmm. and things like that and it was really just such a joy, and. Then I was also singing. I got to do, uh, well, first of all, fast forward back to before I started uh, Northwestern, which is where I did my master's and got certified to teach. I actually worked at Lyric Opera for a season. Mm-hmm. And so I was using my music business degree. I love the fact that God allowed me to use all these degrees that my parents and I paid for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
2: <laughs> yes, was wasted, hard. right? <laughs> Nothing and, and That's beautiful. I wasn't on the Broadway stage like some of my, you know, former high school uh, friends. I was still able to do local um, and op- local and regional opera in and musical theater in both both in Chicago area and in uh, up in Bayview, Michigan, where where uh, is near Petoskey, and they have a beautiful summer festival which does chamber music and opera. And um, so, I had just a really had a blessing of doing all three of my degrees, you know, and. Um, Fast forward to this year, uh, totally out of left field, I got invited to teach a class at DePaul with an L in Chicago University, and so I am blessed to be teaching future music educators to teach middle mm. school vocal uh, or choir, and that has just been it. Really made me realize my joy jar is now really overflowing mm. with instead of um, you know it was it was full of the memories, but now it's like a new birth, another new, you know. Mm-hmm
1: what did you so, uh, as you did that i know uh, cuz i remember that when you went into that uh, middle school what what uh, did you enjoy the most out of all that cuz i know that it thrilled you uh, yeah all the time you were you were thrilled all the time <laughs>
2: uh-huh. it was a difference yeah you could tell i mean i loved elementary but this was like my promised land of teaching it was where i was meant mm. to be in your sweet spot you know it like now i'm in my sweet spot teaching college students mm-hmm. uh, and you know among other things but i just Really enjoyed the inquisitiveness, the change of, you know, the adolescent change and just they're they're quirky, they're fun, they're, um, I had realized in fifth grade and fourth grade that I was wanting to go over my students' heads in terms of content. Mm. And so that's kind of what led me to this journey of, I want to teach at a higher level. And so mm-hmm. I did middle school and just I had great colleagues. I um, got great tutelage my first year of middle school, kind of learning the ropes of middle school compared to elementary and just loved it. And I think that's a part of the experience is when you're at a great place where there's a great team of teachers um, and good support from uh, the administrators and, um, you know, uh, parents, it was just, it was a great experience for me. And it was, it definitely was, you're right, Rich, such a difference from elementary, because I think I was just, I was finished with that assignment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. To put something into words now that I couldn't have put in, into words then. Right. <laughs> right. That's right.
1: And then um, as you progress, which we, uh, you know, like to just set up for our uh, session for next week. Um, and that was, that was a very thrilling uh, for Linda and I to be part of this, but uh, you met uh, somebody and got married. And uh, yeah, tell us, just tell us about that process. And then we're going to share uh, you know, in next session, you know, what happened uh, because he, sure. uh, he did uh, pass away, similar to the situation with Michelle. And uh, uh, Jennifer's going to walk us through that process a little bit and how God processed her. But set it up for how did you guys meet and get married?
2: <clears throat> well, um, in the grand old year of 1984 and women's liberation and all that, Jennifer <laughs> Hinshaw at the time only wanted to be a wife and a mom. And that was a hope deferred for 25 years before I got married. So for anyone who is waiting for their, their you know, love of their life, he or she is out there and just seek God and keep, you know. So um, I tried that, you know, the dating and I really didn't date anyone seriously. And that was, I believe God's protection for me. Um, it Just to not let me get distracted from who he had planned for me and so I would gotten some verses in uh, Psalm 45. It says, uh, in the summer of 2005, I believe, I spent, I've spent i journaled 45 pages in like three hours. I had a lot going on in my mind. Mm. And so I journaled, journaled and journaled. And a part of that was um, that uh, God gave me the verse in Psalm 45 about the bride, waits adorned in her gown, um, mm. waiting, awaiting her bridegroom. And that kind of had a double meaning because it was kind of a renewal of my faith in Jesus. I had walked away in the late 90s, which um, not walked away. I was going to church, but I was going through the motions kind of really at the crux of. I can't live as a Christian by the worldly standards and that. So that was a process as well. And so um, in 2005, I happened to just casually meet Dale after a, a service. We were out for. Um, you know dinner and met him and you know kind of this is Dale this is Jennifer and that was about it and then through a process of a couple of years that was 2005 we started um, hanging out more and became really close friends in 2007 and Rich did get to watch this and I'll never forget the smile he gave me in like December of 2007 like I know what's going on and God's told me kind of thing (laughs) almost I mean I don't know if that was really it but you know, I was really excited to go spend some time with Dale that afternoon. We had a all for Jesus in the morning, then we we're going to a play in the evening, and it was either November or December. And um, but yet, uh, we didn't start dating until March of two thousand eight, March eighth of two thousand eight. Um, and uh, then after that, it was really just a beautiful time of getting mm-hmm. to know one another. Um, you know, the third date, we uh, agreed on some boundaries and you know, the first thing, the thing you don't want to hear on your third date is, well, in case the Lord doesn't have us planned for each other, we want to keep ourselves pure for our future spouses. And I'm like, well, I'm still thinking you might be him.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it was a little hard, but I also respected that. And it was the best choice for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so we fast forward to uh, December 26th of 2008 we got engaged at the botanic gardens in the orchid um orchid greenhouse because it was winter so you don't want to be probably outside proposing in the middle of winter (laughs) in chicago but it was perfect and he said i thought this would be a great place to make a tradition of um coming back to where i asked you to marry me Mm. and i still go back every year and have my picture taken in the orchid garden Mm. um and so that's how we you know and then we planned our wedding in seven months and got married on july 11th and rich was our officiant and so it's wonderful to have uh, rich and linda there and really and truly the picture that stands in my mind is the one where we had the whole congregation we turned around and had the whole congregation and us um in the pews and in front of the pews at, with our wedding party and that was our village for yeah. the next part mm. of our story Yeah. So oh that's beautiful yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and then beautiful. we were started marriage together, and he really loved me like Christ loved the church. And there is nothing more beautiful. So don't settle anybody who's listening. Mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. less than you loving him or her as Christ loves the church and likewise, because yes. there is nothing like it. Yeah. And also had an advantage, we were a little older. We were 47 and 50 when we got married. So, you know, we had had a chance to work through with God some of our things that might have impeded you know, our progress. And it's not like we didn't have our differences, <laughs> you know, and we, we got into, you know, times where we didn't agree, but we were able to handle it very maturely. Mm-hmm. And I think God had a plan in that too, based on, you know, our fifth year of marriage when we were, um, given the, uh, no, you know, the diagnosis of, uh, cancer.
1: Yeah. And hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pick that up uh, next time, but, uh, thank you for sharing all that. Uh, and, uh, it's so, uh beautiful to see, you know, God working in your life and moving in your life and, and uh the thrill that you have of life and you still have uh-huh. it. You know, that's exciting to us. And it'll be fun yes. to get into. We'd like to get into the story with Dale and, and then what happened and how you process that and um uh we can we do I do remember uh you know that moment of uh introducing you as Mr and Mrs, you know and yeah, <laughs> um, we you know and what a thrill that was, you know, for us as we got to see God deliver to Jennifer, um, a love, you know, and, yeah. a, and an intimate love. And, uh, and it was, uh, Dale was a fabulous person and, uh, uh he, he did, uh, cause I got to talk with him on the other side of it is he really, uh, also was given the blessing of you. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, and so that was sweet. a that was a thrill to him. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great story. Look forward uh, to understanding uh, what she had to walk through with that and uh, where she is now with it and uh, that life eternal is uh, still grand. And so we praise you and thank you for that. And uh, thank you for uh, Jennifer and the life that she brings. In Christ's name, amen.
2: Amen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story, even just hearing your words. Are such a testament to how God Mm -hmm. chases us down and (laughs) builds layer on layer the foundation that He wants and then just explodes everything you shared. Such a beautiful picture of joy in His presence as He journeyed you through each step and you surrendered. And I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So um, those of you who are with us today, thanks for listening and be sure to join us next week and hear more of Jennifer's story. There's a lot of beauty in brokenness that she'll be sharing too. And I'm sure she'll even share about a book she's writing. Um, So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. So thanks for joining us. If you have questions, send them into us at questions at AbideMinistry.com and we'll see you next time. Yep.
0: See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See